Hello, everyone. Very excited again to be here today on another episode of Conversational Witchcraft. Today, we are chatting with Kimberly Sherman Cook. She is a pagan minister high priestess, occult author, and teacher. She is the co-founder, director, and teacher of the Pagan Education Network, whose mission from 2005 to 2015 was to help educate people interested in meditation, workshops, and occult spiritual practices. In 2005, Kimberly also founded the Raven Star Coven, which ran until 2015. She holds a master's degree in education and a BA in English associate degree in psychology. Oh, this is going to be a fun interview. Kimberly (laughs) strives to help students to see themselves as successful in an environment where they would otherwise find criticism. When she's not working, she she can be found writing, reading tarot, and spending time at the beach or hiking on Nantucket. Hello, Kimberly. Hello. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, It's a rainy morning here in New England. You're in New England too, right? I am in New England too. It was perfect. I was like, oh great, we're in the same time zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I was like when I when I realized that you were like in my neck of the woods, I was like, oh, she's a New Englander too. I'm up That's here right? in New Hampshire. Are you down by Nantucket? I am in Massachusetts, but not by Nantucket. I'm actually in more the central portion of Massachusetts. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, right underneath you. <laughs> right, right, right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, we uh my husband and I are um New York transplants. So you'll okay. hear it the 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 more relaxed I get, my New York will come out. Um, but we moved originally to Massachusetts because um, when we we took our honeymoon in Salem and Salem, Mass, because that's the yeah. kind of people we are, obviously. And I just <laughs> fell in love with everything New England at that time. And when Did we moved right oh God, at the fall, yes, yes. Um, so that's wh- why I fell in love. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you a native New Englander? Or are you born and raised here? I am a native New Englander. Yep. Amazing. Um, <laughs> Amazing. And people, people from New England think that people from New England are rude. Like Massachusetts people thinks that think that Massachusetts people are rude. But as a New Yorker, I will tell you, New England people are not rude. <laughs> like, New- yeah, we spend some time in New York. It's yeah, a different flavor. <laughs> ab- absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about growing up in New England, because, you know, there's a lot of witch energy in New England, right? I've interviewed a yeah. lot of folks that grow up, you know, in the Deep South or in the Midwest, and they kind of have to search for the witchy stuff and the pagan stuff. Was that yeah. like, what was that like for you growing up here where things are a little bit more witchy? So I, like being a kid growing up, I feel like the New England energy and the New England vibe is just, right, it's old and there's a lot, right? There's a lot going on on the land and stuff. So I feel like you're always kind of connected to it, whether you're connected to it or not. Yeah. But I was actually raised Catholic. So I spent a lot of time in my early childhood, like inside of a church, wondering why you could only have God in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Same. It's weird like that. I thought yeah. about all these things. Same, same, same. Um, and then, yeah, as I got a little older, of course, you know, everybody hears about Salem Mass. And, you know, that's like a big, you know, I feel like it's a big deal. Um, although if you live in Massachusetts and you, you grew up in New England, you're like, yeah, okay, Salem. <laughs> right. I mean, it's still fun, but right. it's, I think it's a different thing because it's right in our backyard. You know, right. people come from like, you know, Texas or like the Midwest or things like that. And they're like, oh. <laughs> Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> um, right. So yeah. So I mean, I grew up, you know, going to the beaches and just 
I'm also like a wicked history buff, so I loved all the history. So of mm. course, I you know read a lot about the Salem witch trials and all of those things, even like as a teenager, like you know 10, 11, 12, even in that area, like fascinated me, completely fascinated me. So, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Growing up, I think you know my growing up was probably early years was probably a lot like everybody else's, but I definitely feel like there's always there's a different vibe um, in New England, and if you're sensitive to that at all, you you know pick up on it from an early age. Yeah, I feel like there's a pull, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can, so um, similarly, I grew up on Long Island in New York, right? And we, Long Islanders joke about it and say, well, we live in the shadow of the greatest city in the world, we never go. Like, I'm a native New Yorker who's never been to the Statue of Liberty. And right, right because you're like, eh, it's right, eh, it's there. It's yeah, probably, like it's right, there. right, so the, probably the same way you guys feel about Salem, like, eh. Who cares? Ah, the weirdos are in Salem. And I'm like, hi, I'm a weirdo. Um, But my first trip to Salem was on my honeymoon. And like literally we stayed in the Salem Inn because the Hawthorne was booked. Um, We didn't know it was going to be, but you know, it was October. It was, you know, and, and there's a pull. I I literally can, even when I go there now, like just to hang out, there's a pull that kind of comes for me, it comes from the gut. And I feel like I'm connected some to something. And, and it's not just in Salem. I find that happens in most of New England. Can you remember your first visit to Salem? And did you feel anything specific? So it's a funny story, actually. Um, my first like official visit to Salem was in high school mm. and we had read the Scarlet Letter. And so we had to go for that purpose. At that point, I was already exploring witchcraft and I was already very uh, steeped in, you know, like that whole, so we're talking like, mm, I was probably like 15, maybe 16 mm-hmm. at the time. So I had already been exploring this for probably about three or four years at that point, um, witchcraft in general, like just kind of sucking up all of the information I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. you know, the local library and just the thing. So my first experience um, was with a friend of mine, you know, traveling through Salem. And of course, we were given some free time and you know, what did we do, but hit every witch shop there was, because <laughs> what else do you do at 15 when you're enamored with this idea that religion doesn't have to happen inside the church and something has pulled you that is like so much larger, right. than you mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a blast. We had so much fun. Um, and of course, the friend of mine was not really into the craft or any of that. Um, so he, he was like, just, uh, like, you know, what are we doing here? And I was like, let's go talk to real witches and like find out all about this. So, <laughs> so I was just as much of a tourist at 15 and like oogling all of that, you know, um, yeah. energy. And it's also very overwhelming though. I will tell you that. Like, so um, all of my experiences in Salem, I've been on Halloween. Um, I've never been to the big ball, but I have been to, you know, all of the, the areas in Halloween and, and in the fall and all of those things. And it's, it's definitely an overwhelming energy sometimes because of all of the touristy, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that's going on. Um, but it's also, there is a draw, you know, there's definitely a draw. That was actually when I was like convinced that's it. Like, this is my world. <laughs> or you were like you know? 15 and you're like, Oh, this is where I belong. Like this yeah, is I was like, mm. Oh, it's my people. Like it's all the weirdos. Like yes. me. <laughs> yes. We are the mirror, the weirdos, mister. You know, like that's a hundred percent. I have to agree with that a hundred percent. And yeah, I tell people like, don't go to Salem in October at all. Don't do it. It's it right. just 
I, I know that 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 sounds like it's going to be fun, but it's I don't know. It's too peoply, and it's not the right people. No, it's not the right. People. It's not the right people. Go the week after Halloween. Like go the yeah. first week of November or go like the last week in September where everything is still fall and wonderful. Yeah, but, and pumpkins and all that. Yeah. But the tourists are gone because the feeling yeah. is still there, you know. So you it is well, you, and you get a different feeling. So it's a very different vibe, right? I say there's like two Salem's. There's yeah. like Halloween Salem, which is like, you know, show hands and all that. And then there's real Salem, which yeah. if you want to see real Salem, you do exactly that, right? You go in the off time. Um, I actually love to go in the spring. I don't know if you've ever been down there in the spring, yeah. but it's amazing in the spring too. Um, and it is quieter and you actually get to talk to some of the shopkeepers and um, just experience it on a, a different, I feel like more true level. Um, and there are some really great people out there. I know people have different opinions about, you know, the witches of Salem, but yeah. um, I've, re- I've met some really, really amazing people um, over the years there and um, some shopkeepers that truly have, a knack for what they do. Um, and I've had some great experiences. So, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like maybe we're of the same generation where when we were coming up and finding witchcraft and finding paganism, like you said, you touched on earlier, you said you were, you know, in your teens and you were all over the library because we didn't have TikTok and Instagram to learn right. witchcraft from. Um, yeah, no, there was no YouTube tutorial. <laughs> correct. So, like, we were literally like, searching out we like and there was like no real internet to even look up these shops so a friend of a friend of a friend would say oh there's a shop four towns over from you and they sell crystals and you would be like "Ooh, right. maybe i can get a ride there you know right like, yeah and yeah. that's how yeah, we exactly. that's how we learned so when you right. go to salem and you actually have it's like a mecca of all these different shops and and you can really connect with people i think that there's a value in the learning of craft from others and, right. and that's such a great way to do it in person. And and it's also great because you can feel somebody's vibe, you know, yeah. like you can walk into a store and be like, this isn't my no. vibe. And then go to the one next door and you're like, oh, my people, you know, right. You're like, oh, this is my vibe. Right. right. It's, it's kind of like cooking, you know, like everybody has a different flavor. Yes. So I love to say, witchcraft has many, 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 many flavors, right? Yes. Everybody has a different flavor and you just have to find a flavor. Absolutely. Right? Like, this, is, this is me. Okay. This resonates. Yeah. So you go from this similar it sounds like like my similar upbringing of very very italian and we were catholic very italian catholic like strict (laughs) blinders on there's nothing outside of this upbringing and then you're like "Ooh, but what about this and what about that so how do you go from that kid to i'm in salem um, my mind is being blown wide open and then what happens on your path you're 15 then what happens? Um, so then we have lots of really tense conversations with my parents <laughs> no. who find my books and are like flipping out. Like, no. oh my God, she's saying this. You know? <laughs> really? Yeah. No, is it, you know what though? I will tell you this. So now, right, flash forward like 25 plus years. Right. And my parents are like my biggest supporters. However, back when I was 15, they're like, whoa, what is happening here, right? Because this is all we know, right? I So I had a French background, like it was French Catholic, so it was the same kind of thing, though, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very much like hush-hush because my grandparents couldn't know about this because this, this would have been like... Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, world-shattering. So, yeah, there was a whole... And I was already the black sheep of the family. Like, you know, I was always... I was always the one on the outside. I was always, like, the black sheep. I would push the limits and ask the questions and, you know, wanted to know why. And 
Um, so yeah, so there's this whole like very tense time between like the ages of 13 and 16, 17, where my parents, I feel like really thought, oh God, she's going to be like tattooed and end up in jail. I mean, mean, not for Um, witchcraft anyway, like, (laughs) no, but you know, so so I think it it can, again, you know, framing it, right. And and you touched on this earlier about us being, you know, kind of in that same generation, right. It was not really like the Salem witches were a thing, but outside of it, it was not really a thing, right. People grew up in neighborhoods and you were raised Catholic and you did your thing and you went to church every Sunday and that's life. Right. Right. And I went and rocked the entire boat of, you know, well, I'm not going to church anymore. And I'm not sure that, you know, confirmation's the right thing. And I don't like, like, put on the brakes. Right. You did that. You literally told your parents confirmation might not be the thing for me. Okay, literally, you're my hero right now. Uh, you know what, though? Sadly, sadly, I was still confirmed. <laughs> well, of course, because you're 13 and your parents say you have but to yeah, do it, no, so you I, have to show I up. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know that this is bad. I told the, the priest that, too. I was like, I struggle with your philosophy, the religion. I was really, I don't know how to explain it other than I was just really, like, firm on the fact early on in my life where that didn't fit. And wow. there was much more... There was something much deeper, like, you know, whether you want to call it like past life stuff or whatever it was, karmic stuff, there was a a very deep sense within me that like, this is not how this goes. I don't know what you people are doing. (laughs) Right. You know. You knew from such an early age who you were, what you felt inside. And although you couldn't articulate it, you knew what didn't feel right to you spiritually. I think that level of self-awareness at such a young age is, like I said, you're you're kind of my fucking hero right now. Like (laughs) legit, like- I mean, no, but that that's that's amazing. Yeah. You know, again, to know yourself at such a young age kind of sets you up for for being right. a kick ass adult. Most of us don't get to that point until we're like in our thirties. So, like, you no, know, I get it. Yeah, that's amazing. And then it was also tough because you know it's hard to be that self aware and be surrounded by you know thirteen to sixteen year olds that you know all they want to do is drink and get high and mm. like you know, silly. And you're like, this is, this is not all there is to life. You know, so you try to like put on the show of, you know, being, yeah, okay, I can be that person, you know, but it's, it's really hard. It was really hard. And um, I did have periods of like depression and things through that time because there wasn't a lot, there weren't a lot of people that could relate to me. You know what I mean? And that I feel like can be tough, which I can now relate to. Like I see it in students and things um, when I'm working as a teacher and I, you know, I think it makes me set up well to connect with those kids because yeah. I do understand what that was like, you know, but it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to watch other kids go through that or, you know, go through that yourself. But that actually, in the end, really started to fuel the book so that, that you know, like all of those experiences eventually led to, you know, what came of it. So anyway, I'm sorry, but I interrupted you. No, 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 that, that's, that's incredible. And I think that you, you really... You have to take into account those experiences as you go through whatever your working is in life. And, you know, most people, including myself and, and you know, as we're talking about this, um, we don't choose. We don't wake up one morning and go, I think I'm a witch. I think I'm a pagan. Like you just sort of you find it. Or you go, this doesn't feel right, but this other thing does. Or yeah. I'm not sure what this is 
but I know that the path I'm on isn't the right one. And so I'm going to just look at this and look at that. And I think that's one of the things about, you know, finding a pagan path that's so liberating because Mm -hmm. you don't have to fit into those rules, right? God, as you say, God isn't only in church. It's not just in this box, you know, right? It's not a box. Spirituality, divinity, um, you know, energy. It's everywhere. It's not just in this building for an hour on Sundays, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's everywhere. Um, and so you saying, you know, it was like, you were always like that kid that was, um, on the outside and going, you guys are being stupid. Why do you just want to like get high and get drunk? Like I identify with that a lot. Cause I also was that kid, like even in college, my friends went away and everybody came back and they had all been drinking and smoking. And I was like, this isn't fun. Like, this isn't, why do you want to do this? It's not, and, right. Uh, right. And like, well, I'm, everybody's looking at me and they're like, womp, womp. She's so boring. Womp, womp. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Let's go read cards under the full moon and let's, you know, let's go light some candles. There's a storm coming. Let's watch the right? lightning, you know? Like, right. And everybody's like, don't so weird. <laughs> like, maybe I am, but it's like, the best kind of weird, but that you're right because the societal norm, even little things like that, you don't fit, you know, mm-hmm. because you're over on this other little path. And then we go to someplace that's Salem and we find our people and we're like, oh, I fit right? here. Like, oh my God, they exist. There's other people like me. <laughs> There's, exactly. Exactly. So, so you've been like, you would consider yourself a practicing witch since the age of 15? Since. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably fair. Um, I feel like I dabbled in things for a lot of years first. Yeah. You know, like I think most of us do. I read lots of books and started reading tarot and mm-hmm. started reading for my friends. That was blast. Like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> I and had then no idea what I was doing. Right. But I was really accurate, apparently. I mean, um, when you're good at something, right? <laughs> right. I would laugh. I, I would always be like, like, I just thought I was making that up. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah. So like dabbling in different things and just, you know, experimenting with stuff and realizing that um, there was some science behind this and mm. there was some, you know, something deeper. Um, I still love that I, you know, they're coming up with new scientific, you know, theories and things that we as witches have known and, and said for years, right? Like, oh, we can finally tell there's an aura. No, really? <laughs> you know? But I love that because I'm like, look, confirmation people. Just right. Like, there is actually science behind a lot of what we do. Can you give us um, an example yeah, so, of one of those pieces of science that is something uh, that really surprised you as you were learning it? Um, I feel like, honestly, it had a lot to do with energies and auras and like the energetic field. Um, just the fact that science could finally, you know, look at and prove that you know, even simple things like, you know, I remember watching these experiments of, you know, them like cutting a leaf, but then the leaf still feels like, like they could actually image it and see that the leaf still thought that part of itself was there or things like that. You know, it just, it gave a lot of, wow. um, I think, foundation to that understanding that there's more at work than we realize, right? And just because people sometimes say, you know, oh, well, that's just hogwash or that's, you're just making that up or things like that. There's actually some more and more science, I feel like all the time coming out that, you know, says actually that might not be true. Like there, there is actually a connection there. There is something, um, you know, the fact that people's energies and their words and like that we do give off these signals that we don't realize sometimes that we're giving off. So one of the other things that um, 
was really significant for me around that age was, you know, like most, uh, you know, the children that are going through puberty, you know, a lot of things happen and happen quickly. One of those <laughs> things was um, a huge heightening of that psychic ability for me. Um, and the, the fact that spirits were starting to talk to me and things were happening mm-hmm. and I was very empathic and didn't know what that was or sure. what it, you know, what it entailed or how to control that. Right. It was very alarming to me because, yeah. you know, feeling anybody that senses other people's feelings and emotions and all of those things, like it can be extremely overwhelming, especially at a teenage level. Well, you're feeling all of your like, own feelings and now you're feeling yeah, everybody else's feelings right? and everything feels like it's turned up to 11 and you're like, I can't, what? Yeah. 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 Being a exactly. teenager is hard enough. If you're empathic or psychic, like it's just yeah. horrible. Yeah, it's, it's almost frightening. It can be yeah. frightening. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So just learning that, you know, so having science, um, and, you know, like paranormal investigators and things like that start to be able to bring out some of this information that like, hey, there really is something to a lot of this, I think just gives it further backing for yeah. a lot of um, witches and, you know, pagans alike that like there really is something connected to this that, you know, we're not just feeling it, you know, it is actually there is actually a lot to it. So, yeah, um, a lot of people don't understand. So, yeah, I love um, the, the science thing- of it. I wanted to touch on just because you mentioned it a minute ago. Um, and it's a question I get asked a lot and um, I find it interesting. So a lot of people ask me like, so when did you start identifying as witch or do you identify as witch? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, someone that was interviewing me recently asked me, um, so I, I see that you don't identify as a witch. And I said, well, I actually see that's the thing. I feel like just like there is, um, you know, a lot of exploration in your own self, right. When you're learning and becoming, I feel like I, ascribed to a lot of different titles, right? And I don't necessarily fall into one particular thing. Mm-hmm. So I do identify as a witch, but I also identify as pagan. Mm-hmm. And I also identify as, you know, a priestess. So it just depends mm-hmm. on really the hat that I'm wearing and the role that I'm taking on at that given moment. So does witch yeah. encompass a lot of that? Yes. Um, does spiritual practitioner also encompass a lot of that? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it just depends. Um, yeah. But it's one of those weird things that people often go like, you know, that I've read different things that I've, I've written or articles or whatever. Did mm-hmm. you identify as a witch or not? Like, yes, but no. Like, yes. I don't like to be in a box ever. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. And the, and those terms get, you know, for me, I flip flop bef- between witch and pagan because yep. they're, I mean, a witch is someone who does anything that is a ritual, right? So anything that, you know, anything that's a ritual, practicing witchcraft means like literally anything that is a ritual. So like if you're washing your hands with intention, that's a ritual. If you're lighting right. birthday <laughs> candles on a birthday cake and singing the same song at your birthday every single year, guess what people? Ritual. Yep. Okay. Like I know <laughs> my favorite kind. Right? I cuz it involves cake, right? So like <laughs> so so but I'm also I I would say pagan because I am non I don't follow an organized Christian religion. Right? right? Yeah. So pagan is not following an organized pagan, not following an organized neo-Christian or Judeo-Christian religion. But I, you know, I've got a bajillion different deities, uh, you know, hanging out on my altar. I've got, you know, ancestors, I've got fairies, I've got, you know, so yeah, same, same, which pagan to me, I use them interchangeably, you know, and I like that you brought that up. Eclectic. Eclectic. <laughs> very, very <fun>. Eclectic <laughs> spiritual practitioner. And again, yep. why why we gotta pick a word? Like, can't we I know, can, right? Can, can, uh, today I feel more pagany. Tomorrow I might feel right. more witchy. Yeah. 
why exactly. I got why I got to pick a word, you know. Um, <laughs> so so now I've totally lost my train of thought because that was I'm like sorry. I that's know, totally I like fine. Oh, you're <laughs> talking about the science of 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 witchcraft and the science of this stuff, right? I just had to say because you're into this sort of thing. Um, what I, one of the things that I love is the neuroscience mm-hmm. that directly dovetails into witchcraft, right? So if you read books on neuroscience, you read self-help books or business books or, uh, you know, any kind of meditation books, things that have been scientifically proven to help, uh, you know, manifest the life you want or change your brainwaves. Guess what, people? Yeah. (laughs) Don't you laugh? I always laugh. I love reading, especially in education. You know, we get a lot of that stuff. And I always just chuckle. I'm like, here. Okay. <laughs> right. <Just> saying. <laughs> right. 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 Like, like, what's the first rule of witchcraft? Don't talk about witchcraft. It's right. It's unbelievable the techniques that they that they teach when it comes to these sort of things. Right. You know, writing your goals. Okay, that's yeah. witchcraft. You know, if you're perpetually writing a list of of manifestations, right. and you're putting mm-hmm. intention in, or you know. All these things, like they are literally right. They're literally the practices. They're literally the the practices, right? So, so that brings me to the next question I want to ask you about. You have a degree in psychology, right? So, in in what way does your witchcraft or your paganism inform your background in psychology, or vice versa? So, I think that probably is. Um, a really great question in the sense of, right, how does that influence or how did that influence me? So like most people, um, I feel like there were a lot of, you know, traumas and things, right, that happened, like most of us between the ages of, we'll say 13 and, you know, 25. And just that whole process. And at that time was when I was also going through um, that minor in psychology and, you know, really delving into that and realizing I really enjoyed it. But it wasn't going to be my life. <laughs> um, but it helped me to really frame, right? A lot of the things that still bothered me and I was still working through, right? Mm. It helped me frame a lot of the traumas. It helped me understand more deeply, like why we behave the way we do, right? Because a lot of the, um, and I talk about this a lot in the, in the 13 wounds, uh, but why do we do, why do we perpetuate the same cycles? Why do mm. we repeat the same behaviors, right? And how do we get to the core of those things? And so I feel like that's really where, um, for me, I was able to marry the psychology with the magic. So taking that underlying, right, um, subconscious recording, right, that we have that's, that's repeating those patterns for us, right, and figuring out how to use magic to bring it to a place where it was tangible, right? Now it's not just this thing that's automatically operating but we're really delving into it and getting to the core and then we're doing something active about it. Right. And that's the magic piece, right? We're able to take that and say, okay, how can I ritualize this to break the cycle? Mm-hmm. How do I then, you know, take it apart and unthread, you know, like think of it like a rope, right? How do I unwind all those pieces and then figure out which ones are the ones that I want to put back and which ones are the ones that no longer serve. Right. But I don't right. think Um, So it's really, that's really where I started to practice on my own. Like I was taking some of those things that I was learning in psychology at that time 
and ritualizing them and using them on myself and, you know, practicing myself to try to heal some of those traumas and things that I realized I didn't want to live with for the rest right. of my life. I didn't want that to dictate who I became in life. Right. Right. And it was, it, for me, it was really powerful and really effective. Um, and then somebody eventually somewhere along the lines, um, you know, in, in my travels was like, well, you should write a book about that. And I was like, Ah. <laughs> really? Yes. Who wants to read about that? <laughs> yes, yes, really. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors because when we get back from the break, I want to dive into your new book, which is In the Shadow of 13 Moons. And I really want to dig into that. It's awesome. Uh, we'll be right back after hearing from our amazing sponsors. Hey guys, I've just got to tell you all about the Robin's Nests. They're one of my absolute favorite shops uh, for everything for my metaphysical and spiritual needs. They've got gifts and crafts and potions and ritual items and books and books and books. Uh, Of course, candles and crystals and ritual wear. So, so many things to help you on your spiritual practice. Um, But what really makes the Robin's Nest special is the owner, Robbie Packard. She does so much to bring community and friendship and openness, welcoming people into her space at the Robin's Nest, but also into this spiritual space of anything, pagan, witchcraft, spiritual. uh, You've just, if you're local to Massachusetts, you've got to go check her out. She's down in Bellingham, Massachusetts. Um, and if you're not local, please check them out online uh, at therobinsnestma.com. She's able to ship all over. She's able to get you what you need. She's available for questions. And of course, they have tons of online uh, workshops and classes and rituals. So really a way for you to connect with a spiritual community uh, right now from your home. Check them out, The Robin's Nest. MA.com and send Robbie a little bit of love from me because when you when you meet her, when you go to her shop, you are going to be transported into a world of loving magic and community growth. At Cucina Aurora Kitchen Witchery, we are constantly bringing people together around great food. We help you make your own mealtime magic at home with our line of delicious infused olive oils, authentic risottos, seasoning mixes for dips, and even our brand new line of coffee for moon magic and seasonal brews. Keep an eye out this spring for our fabulous new line of magical marinara in roasted garlic pomodoro and coming soon, sweet basil pomodoro. Not to mention cookbooks, cutting boards, and wooden spoons for all your kitchen witchy needs. Visit us at cucinaaurora.com, on Instagram at cucinaaurora, and on Facebook at cucinaaurora slash food. We are back with the amazing Kimberly Sherman Cook, and we are talking about her new book, In the Shadow of 13 Moons. And just before the break, you were discussing how your psychology background allowed you to sort of deal with some of the traumas of your life, like we all have traumas. And your witchcraft background allowed you to take that and 
ritualize it and heal some of those wounds. And that a lot of that is in this book. And for me, that's one of the things that is so important about my practice and my witchcraft. And I'm going to say this, people are going to get pissed at me. I say it all the time. Okay. You can't just light a candle, carry a stone with you, you know, do whatever you're going to do, read a tarot card and be like, my trauma is healed. Like it just, (laughs) you have to do the actual work of people like I'm doing shadow work right now because I didn't wear makeup to the grocery store and I hate my face without makeup. That's not shadow work. Okay. (laughs) Shadow work is looking at the, the gritty, awful parts of yourself, your traumas, Uh all of those things, bringing them into the light and the witchcraft is half of it. But Mm -hmm. real therapy and real psychological work and real mental health is the other part of it, right? Right. So one of the things that I love about what you're talking about here is how you marry them and how you use them both together to create healing. So let's talk a little bit about this book because you focus a lot on, well, first of all, let's, what do you mean the shadow of the 13 moons? So in the shadow of the 13 moons came about because the book is all related to using the dark moon and new moon cycle as opposed to the full moon cycle. So we are on the shadow side of the moon. So that is how we came to the title of the book. Um, and, if, and if you read it, there's like you're not going to hang out in the light very much. <laughs> Which again, so fucking important. Okay. Like, so, and, and that's something I wanted to ask you about. Like, <sighs> So many witches and pagans really focus on full moon, right? Her energy, how we're drawing in that light, blah, 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 blah. And listen, I do that for sure. Mm -hmm. But I find more potent magic around the dark moon, right? So can you talk a little bit to people who might not know, what are the differences in the energies around full moon versus dark moon? Sure, absolutely. So when we talk about the full moon, of course, everybody thinks about, you know, standing into the full moon and like, you know, kumbaya and kind of like, I know that's like dramatic, but, you know, we do, we like, you know, we're honoring her, we're singing to her, we're absorbing that energy. It's very light, it's very airy, it's fluffy kind of, it's um, powerful, but in a, you know, manifesting way that's like, not so much, well, so people focus on it as if it's a manifesting moon, right? But it's really the manifesting you do before that. It's just the culmination. of. It. So it's really more like culmination kind of energy um, than it is truly manifesting. If we really want to manifest, we got to back it up like 14 days and start right, right after when you get to the new moon. So that leads us to that other side of the energy. So once the full moon has passed, we're actually going into like these constant like mini cycles. So if we think about the wheel of the year, right? We talk about the light half of the year and the dark half. The moon cycle is really that same thing. So we're talking about the light half of the moon cycle, right? Where we're growing and then we peak. But then we go down to the dark half of the cycle. So we're, you know, minimizing that energy. So the energy when it's waning starts to feel, I feel like a little bit more introverted, right? So it kind of draws you back in a little bit. So let's take another look. Where are we at now? Do we need something to, is there something new we need to look at or manifest? Or what are the problems with what we tried to manifest? What do we need to work on, right? So it's asking us really to look at that. And then the dark moon itself, to me, has always felt like, I think I describe it in the book like this, but it's like an inky purple 
energy is how I can describe it. It's much thicker. It has like a different viscosity, so to speak, is, you know, more almost like blankety. It feels like it kind of blankets you, right? Whereas, you know, the full moon is more like, we're up Mm -hmm. here. The dark moon is much more like, okay, come on in. Like, I'm going to draw you in, but we're going down, right? We're going down into the underworld. We're going to really look Mm -hmm. at what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not for everybody, right? Because that's a tough place to be, right? To lay yourself bare and strip off all of the masks that we wear in the outside world and really look at ourselves and really look at that energy, right? And the things that are, those are the cycles that are functioning, right? Constantly functioning. And those are the cycles that ultimately power that lighter half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a tough place to go sometimes, right? Absolutely. And not everybody likes the feeling of that. Um, Absolutely. But I feel like, much like you, it's some of the most potent and powerful magic. And it yeah. was probably the one thing that was missing from my practice, which is, I think, how I ended up starting to kind of marry these two things together, right? Was because, again, we go back to you, I told you, I like, I question everything all the time, even now as an adult. <laughs> um, and I was like, this is like, great, everything's full moon, full moon, like light, happy, everybody on. What about the rest of the full moon? What about the rest of the cycle? What else? You know, what are we missing? I felt like there was this pocket, this hole that nobody wanted to talk about. Yeah. Right. Because it was somehow like dark or bad or, you know, that kind of thing. And of course, so what did I do? I was like, oh, let's dive in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because people, people are, listen, human beings are kind of like programmed to be afraid of the dark, things yeah. we can't see, you know, what's mm-hmm. hiding in there that might jump out and get me. So I'm going to just kind of grit my teeth and bear it and get through the dark time until the light's going to arrive again. But I have learned, similarly, I feel um, a peace around the dark moon. I feel quiet and introspective and that it is time to kind of just hang out with me and go, okay, how you doing? Let's check in, right? Um, And for just my own personal self, like I'm very extroverted and I'm very animated and I'm always go, 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 go. It's just my lifestyle. Dark Moon allows me to go, okay, can we can we have a minute? Can we check yep. in? Um, and, and similarly, I have found that in my adulthood, you know, since probably the age of 34, that I'm much more comfortable in those spaces instead mm-hmm. of the, the full moon kind of energy and hey, and illuminate everything. Like I can do that. And I do that in my daily practice, right. in my life. But the dark moon is for me. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. So I love that you are focusing on that, the darkness and the the inner working. Um, you talk a little bit in the book about dark deities. Yeah. And I'm that. curious about <laughs> this concept of dark deities for you, because I think people would have a negative connotation to that. Right. So I think a lot of us tend anything that says dark, right? We associate with evil. Yeah. Dark equals evil stuff. Right? right. But it's not. I mean, we're talking about the dark moon. We're talking about, you know, working in those underworld energies, working in that really deep sense of self, right? Yep. Really reflecting on ourselves. And so the dark deity is really what, what we're referring to is the darker aspect, right? If you would look, if we really, I told you I'm a history book you really delve into some of those myths, right? Athena's not always light and bright and happy. Uh, no. She has a very dark side, mm-hmm. right? 
And there's a lot of deities like that, that we kind of shy away from. And the reason we shy away from them is because they represent those pieces that we don't want to look at. They represent, they call to our attention, like, and you, you know, you're not getting away from them, right? You know, like once you have engaged, they're going to be there with the two by four to whack you if you don't get it. Right. I, yes, like, absolutely. And people, I feel like are not necessarily, we're not trained to accept that directness as a society, right? Even in witchcraft, we like to focus on the light and the bright and the positive reinforcement and the positive energy and da, 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 you know, it goes on and on and on. But really, if we want a full experience witchcraft, we also have to be willing, just like our ancestors were, like these deities didn't come from nowhere. Our ancestors didn't practice with these darker deities once in a while if they kind of felt like itching on it. Like they delved into that, right? Yeah. And we have to remember that we can also do that in balance, right? We have to be able to will be willing. And I feel like there's a couple of things happening there, right? You have to be willing. You have to be willing to sacrifice and you have to be willing to face the truth, right? And those three things are, can be really tough. Um, that's why we tend to avoid them, I feel like. And that's also why I actually intentionally did not change that because that came to my attention too, that like, if I call them dark deities, like, are people going to flip out because, yep. oh my God, now somehow they're practicing something like, you know, like, and I, I will say that that's like that, um, sort of like an immature sense of witchcraft where it's like, it's black magic, it's white magic, it's gray magic. Like, no, it's, it doesn't really exist, right? Right. But I feel like for a newer practitioner, like, that's still in that frame, like, yeah. they could feel like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, seriously, right? But I intentionally left it because on some level, I also knew that the people who were intended for this book, the people who wanted what I had to offer or wanted what the magic had to offer them would find their way there. Just like we were talking about, like, you know, you go to Salem and like you find this particular shop and you're like, yes. oh, my people, right? Yes. So if they're, my, if they're my people, if they want to get down and dirty, right, <laughs> with the underworld, then they're going to be like, yeah, okay, Dark Beauty's got it. We can do this. I think you really hit the, hit the nail on the head with balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's something that um, is so important in witchcraft. And as you pointed out, isn't always focused upon. Um, you know, we're like, oh, I'm in balance with the elements. That's great. But the truth is, if we're if we are following the moon, right, you can't have a full moon without a dark moon. Right. Right. And if we are she and she is us, we have all of that within us. We have that light, we have that dark. So, and therefore, all the deities and all the spirits as well. We are all yeah. creatures of everything. We're not just one thing, right? So I you have to be able to lean in and recognize that you can't ignore that darkness or that, um, you know, I, I don't, like you said, I don't know what other... Put it in a box right somewhere. like and that's that's what we'd call it right i mean it is if 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 we have lightness in us then we also have darkness in us if we have love in us then we also have anger in us that is the the nature of life is life and death and cycles right and right and and what better to represent that than the cycles mm -hmm. of the moon and these deities that have duality 
Absolutely. And I feel like if you are willing to listen and you're willing to tap into them and you're willing to be brave enough to say like, okay, show me, show me how to change, show me how to evolve. They can take you places that ultimately lead to really positively freeing up that energy permanently. Not just like for this moment, not just for this cycle, but really make lasting changes in your life where it's not just a temporary thing. And they become our allies. You know, we realize and we recognize that, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, dark and light, black and white. It's, it's about what I need right now in order to learn and grow as a human being and as a spiritual person and like all of those things. Right. And in doing that, we have that balance. Um, And that's actually one of the things I talk about, like later in the book, as you get on in your journey, Mm -hmm. that understanding of like, you're you're coming you're literally going down into the underworld and pushing through this because you're going to come back up the other side right like just like the slumber of winter you know those seeds are slumbering they're in there they're buried in the earth but in the spring they emerge right and you will eventually emerge with all of this energy that is now freed up and that you can take and manifest something new with right and that's ultimately like what we all want to achieve right Right. like going back to what you said earlier like it's the the piece that changes is the doing the work. You know, you're not just lighting the candle and walking with stone and going like, life's going to be ducky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're actually going in there yeah. and you're saying like, okay, I'm ready for this. Like, hit me with it. Like, what do I need to do? How do I get to the core of whatever it is and push that envelope so that I can come up the other side? Right. right? Amazing. And then, yeah. So, and so ultimately it becomes that balance right? Yeah. You know, it's always about emerging back into the light. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves in psychology in general, but also it's better now, but back in the day. Um, and also about witchcraft too, in, in general, is that sense of, well, just lock it up, put it on a shelf, put it in a box, you know, cut it out of your life. And, you know, my philosophy and the, the road that I took was marry it, get partnered with it, really know it embrace it love it because it's beautiful it is Mm -hmm. a piece of you that helps you see life and the world in a different lens. there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that but we do need to fix the fractures right you need to fix it so that you're not trying to separate you know you're trying to to bring it back together and marry those energies together right because and 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 when you're talking about that i'm hearing the words like you know um trauma and and abuse and things like that like real you know grief right those mm-hmm. are the human experiences that we go through that practices of witchcraft can really help us heal um right. and they yeah you don't get over it you don't get over those kind of things like right. you don't just like like you said oh there's a lot of witchcraft that's like oh let's just cut it out or you know cut the cord cut the cord cut the cord i've done a yeah. hundred bajillion cord cuttings with negative <laughs> family members and guess what they grow back overnight it's not right. something that you can just you know surgically energetically surgically remove it's right i love this idea of acceptance and yeah. Like you said, the word marrying it, you know, seeing it for what it is, accepting it for what it is, and being able to say, I can see you and accept you and heal you. And you can remain because you can no longer harm me. Right. Because I don't have to be you. I can just know that you are a piece of my experience. Right. Right. And so, yeah, 
Yeah. That's really, really beautiful. Is there one or two maybe um, of these dark deities that when you were writing this book particularly um, were meaningful to you or that surprised you in terms of your working or your research on this book? Um, So I think most people would be not surprised to say that the Morgan has Mm. been uh, with me for many, many, many years. Um, I do consider myself her priestess, um, but not just her. There were a lot of deities that spoke through that time. Um, One of the surprising ones that most people would probably not expect was Aphrodite. Um, was one. Yep. Um, and uh, also Persephone. Persephone, so I would get, but the, Aphrodite, yeah, like, I find interesting. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, there were a lot of, um, there were others too. I can't remember them all um, at this point. Uh, but there were many that, that really kind of guided, you know, that understanding of, you know, how to go about healing um, different aspects and what kinds of trauma were important and how do you get to the core of those things and you know uh just really kind of guiding the you know there was a lot of i did a lot of meditation um with different deities over time you know it was a a long time so this book came about it wasn't like an immediate thing it was um something you know practice of mine that i started started as personal practice and then it moved into practicing with others because they wanted to know what i was doing and Mm -hmm. and how to do these things Um, And they found it valuable and they were like, you know, you need to, to write this. You need to put this out there. For yeah. people. people need this. And I was like, I don't know about that. And I, so I did start writing it. So it was a, really, it was like a seven year like journey, you know? So it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a quick and immediate thing where like, Oh, I'm going to download this information and put it out there. Um, it was a lot of it was tried and tested and tweaked and, you know, changed over time. So. But it's an amazing book and it's an amazing work to really d- dive deep into the shadow work and the dark moon work and you know all this stuff that people generally don't want to talk about but you present right. it but you present it in a way that is it's beautiful and it's accessible and um it's really what's the word I'm looking for it's I want to say personal you know, yeah. it, but what I mean is to touch me, right? So yes, it's your personal experience, but it feels like you're talking to my personal experiences. Right. You know what and I mean? Was, intimate, yeah. intimate actually, is the word. I'm glad you said that because that is, that was ultimately my hope in putting the, the work out there was that, you know, I would be able to help or, you know, guide somebody else just simply by, you know, it, I wanted it to be set up as sort of conversational. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's almost like you're sitting down having a conversation with a friend. It's not mm-hmm. judgy. It's not, you know, uh, strict or restricting. Like I wanted it to really feel like, you know, I can give you this information and you can make it you. You can yeah. make it your own. It's not a, you know, it's, it's not dogmatic in, in any way. So I'm glad that you actually yeah. said that. That makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> and and again, like the subject matter is so important. Um, and, you know, I just think it's, it's really wonderful in the shadow of 13 moons by Kimberly Sherman cook. Kimberly, where can everybody find you find your work? How can we stalk you online? Where can we buy your book? <laughs> stalk me, please. Um, I do have, so I have a Facebook, um, and I'm trying to, I, I lose all of it. So I'm terrible with all these, like, you know, different like handles and things, but yeah, but if you look me up, I am on Facebook, um, 
am also on Instagram, though I'm terrible at, at posting on Instagram, but I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, I do have a Facebook page. Uh, not Facebook. Well, yeah, I have a Facebook page. I have an author page, and then I have my personal page. Um, so either one of those. Uh, the author page, I feel like, is Manicat Moon. Um, which is a nod to Nantucket, <laughs> where I spent some time, um, because I couldn't, for whatever reason, do it under my name. I don't know. What right. um, but it is, my, it is my author page. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel as well, um, where I do monthly dark moon readings. Love um, it. So I get people like insights on the energy of, you know, what maybe would be good to focus on in that given month or, you know, what the energies look like for that given month. Um, so I started doing that this year. Uh, so you can certainly look me up on YouTube. And then I also have uh, my website, which is KimberlySharmanCook.com. So any of those. And, and where, can we, there. where can we buy the book? The book you can buy, I think, at any major retailer. However, Cross Crow is the publisher currently. Mm-hmm. Um, they are amazing. You can buy it in hardcover. You can also buy it um, in the softcover. Uh, the hardcovers are autographed by me. Oh, um, yes, they have autograph cards, Ooh. and they're beautiful. They have a they have a beautiful cover. I really I designed the cover, and then they helped me sort of make that come to life. So they're amazing. 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 Wow. They are an amazing publisher. And of course, wherever books are sold, you can buy yeah, In the Shadow of sold. 13 Moons, support your local bookstores, support your local yeah, uh, metaphysical shops. Just walk in there yeah. and say, hey, I want to buy this book. Can you order it for me? Sure, they can. Absolutely, yeah. they can. Um, okay, Kimberly, I have one final question for you. Okay. And I ask this question to everyone who comes on the show. Um, it has nothing to do with anything we talked about. If you could have me as a kitchen witch make you one magical meal, what would it be and why? Oh my goodness. That is a big question. It's a big question. Um, let me think. I don't know. See, now that is amazing. What would I have you make for me? I am so eclectic when it comes to food. Like anything is good. What's your favorite dish or something you haven't had in a million years or something you had once on vacation that blew your mind or something specific to one of the deities that you've been working with, you know? Completely stumped me. Ah, I win. <laughs> but I, I, cause I'm such a foodie. I love food. Like, I don't know. You could put anything in front of me and I'd be like, mm, let's try this. Um, so I would have to say it would have to be like a comfort food. I am a big fan of comfort food. So like, amazingly probably like tomato soup and grilled cheese i know that sounds super simple no but no that no. is just one of those like yes yummy you know yes wrapped up in a blanket at home on a fall day in new england i and, mean it just things new england <laughs> and something you must need you must know is that i'm a, a whore for grilled cheese like a <gasps> grilled cheese is like one of my favorite foods I have a grilled cheese for a grilled cheese sandwich recipe for every season. Um, like my, my fall grilled cheese sandwich is um, sharp cheddar cheese, black forest ham or bacon, sliced fresh apples, and then it's grilled in rosemary oil. Okay, so when are you coming to make this? So it's and then and then like I like to not to make I mean tomato soup of course, but like with that I like a butternut squash soup and I dunk it in the butternut squash soup, right? So like, right? But like a traditional roasted tomato and red pepper soup with like Mm. just like a a, I would do like a white cheddar cheese for you, 
and like some sort of a buttery garlicky crust to Dunkin'. And now I'm fucking starving. So now, now you need to come down here and make that. For seriously, me. seriously. <laughs> uh, amazing. Kimberly Sherman Cook, you are incredible. Thank you so much for spending time Thank with you. us today. This was awesome. This was so much fun. Uh, go get the book in the shadow of the thir- of thirteen moons. Um, go get the book. Go get the book, and all of your um, notes and information and links will be at the bottom of the show notes. So anybody who missed it before, you just go on and click. And until next time, everyone, I wish you so many blessings and so much gratitude. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.